My name is Brittany Miller. I'm a freshman studying newspaper and online journalism at Syracuse University, and this is what I like to call the college problem. Now, clearly my podcasting plans for the rest of the semester didn't really work out the way I wanted them to. I was working in a multimedia class where I was experimenting with different podcasting software, and I had friends who wanted to be on it, but there just wasn't time for me to end up like talking to them and getting time for us to sit and record and work on an episode. And to be honest, I kind of forgot about the whole podcasting thing for a while, but that's okay. I also then figured once the coronavirus outbreak happened and Syracuse University has all of its classes online now, I could do an episode on motivation in times like this. But then something sort of happened to me that was very personal in regards to everything. So I think I'm just going to spend a little bit of time just like telling my story for anyone who's interested. So we are going to be a little bit different, but this is a perspective of a college student who is in the process of grieving. Now, grieving might be a bit of a strong word, but we're just going to sort of jump right into it. I'm not going to lie, I never took the coronavirus seriously. Never. I never did. I thought that it was robbing me of my education and that Syracuse was being way too paranoid, even though pretty much the entire Ivy League, all of the Ivy League schools decided to postpone, not postpone, they decided to literally kick everyone off campus, cancel everything for the rest of the semester right away. What had happened was, again, I didn't know too, too much about it until like a Sunday night or something, one of my professors emailed me and was like, we're going to test this online classroom platform because this might happen. And I was like, it's not going to happen. We're testing an online class for no reason. So we went, we tested it, it worked out. And I don't, Professor Takahashi, I don't know if you were like crazy or something, but the guy was spot on and that that afternoon, uh, we got an email saying that we were going to Um, stay at home for an extra week and for that week after our spring break because that Friday we were all going to leave for spring break um, they're going to hold classes online for just the week and then they want us back not until March 30th and before spring break even ended we got another email from the school saying that for the rest of the semester they were going to just hold classes online and they were going to give you a window of times in which you could come back to your residence and pick up your dorm stuff if you didn't already. A lot of people were already under the assumption that this was a decision they were going to make, and as they left for spring break, took their stuff with them. I was not one of those people. I live three hours away, and I'm very grateful for that, but people who have longer drives that's just, or plane rides, that's not possible. You can't pack up all your stuff like that, and plane tickets are expensive. So they made that announcement, and it it sucked because I had a lot of friends who never even said goodbye because they were all like, see you in two weeks, and I don't think, no one again was taking it as seriously as um, 
it actually was. But I think the entire country was sort of in the same position. No one was just taking this seriously. We were all like, it's fine. We're going to move forward. It's all good. Um, then all of my friends were messaging me and were like, screw this. Like, this sucks. But I... I had just been sort of, I say I haven't been taking it seriously, but I was probably the most paranoid out of all of my friends that something was going to happen to me or my family, and lo and behold, that was right. So I'm about two weeks into online classes. I hear stories about the fact that my grandparents and immediate family all live in an apartment in New York City. My grandmother is sick. She is showing all of the symptoms, and I'm like, it's okay, it's okay. My grandfather lives right down the road from me. They have a vacation house that they use. He is currently staying in that for his job. He is sick. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. They're just going to, like, stay in quarantine, and it'll be, it'll be okay. Until I hear stories about him going to pick up the mail, and he's about to faint. He is so out of breath. And my entire family is very stubborn. So he was very adamant about not going to the hospital. It was fine. Until um, like two or three days later, he calls my dad and says, yeah, I'm ready to go to the hospital because I couldn't get up to go to the bathroom. It hurt him to get up and go to the bathroom. So my dad runs over there and starts like getting him ready. And then my grandpa goes, no, no, I'm fine. Like come back in like an hour though. And like, we'll see. And it's like, no, you've been falling apart all week. And you've just now decided you want to go to the hospital because you literally cannot stand up and you still want to wait another hour. So luckily at this point, yes, my county was pretty bad um, for the coronavirus, but, um, the hospitals were still doing fairly okay, at least the one that we took him to. Uh, they tested him, and he was one of the last batches of tests that were not actually done within our state. They were sent to another state, and it was probably, like, five days later, and we never got a result. The nurse did tell my dad that it was, pretty much corona, but we didn't have some sort of, like, actual test saying whether or not he was positive or negative, and the shortness of breath continued. He was on the, like, malaria drug, the drug that's known for malaria, because there's no corona vaccine or, like, drug to cure it or whatever, so they did that, and they eventually hooked him onto a ventilator, which thankfully he was able to get on because that is also a big thing going on in the country right now is that there aren't enough for everyone and that they're like picking and choosing people to give them to. So I'm very grateful that that wasn't a position that like our, his doctors weren't put in, like whether or not to give it to him. And you're very heavily sedated on the ventilator. He called us right before they put him under to attach him like to it. And it was the last time we heard his voice ever, actually, and it. the worst part of it is that they only allow one visitor 
and it was my dad. So the last time I had seen my grandfather was over winter break. It had really been a long time because of everything and being in college. So yes, that was a really rough situation. He was on the ventilator. We were getting daily updates from my grandmother, who's given still in New York City. She gets updates from the doctor, and then after she would get those updates from the doctor, she would call my mom, and then my mom would tell us. And then it got to a point where the doctors said that they expected his breathing to be better, and it was the same, which isn't bad. But obviously, like, if they were expecting improvement and it didn't happen, that makes you question things already. And then I remember the next day, they said his kidneys were failing. Something was wrong with his kidneys. They weren't functioning properly. And that was really scary because organ failure is just a sign that, like, you're going to pass, pass away, die. I'm trying to come up with euphemisms for the words that my grandfather died. But on ultimately, like, this is where I'm, this is what I'm getting at. And the day after that, kidneys are still failing. And they eventually told my grandmother that if she knew of any of his last wishes, because it wasn't looking good. And I remember that night, I was crying my eyes out. I couldn't fathom what was happening. I think I'm very privileged in the sense that I've never had to deal with death before. Um, never. I've never had a family member die. I've never had someone close to me die. I've made a very good 18 and a half years without having to deal with those emotions. And here we are. So... It was a few days later, my friends are contacting me, and I don't know what to say because I'm trying to process the fact that my grandmother's di- my grandfather is dying, and I told them, I finally told them after I missed one of their FaceTime calls because we hadn't seen each other in so long because of the quarantine situation, and... They were all super sweet and super understanding because I don't know how you're supposed to get through this, but you are. So I talked to them about that. They all said, we're here for you. You're so strong. Like, we're proud of you. Um, And then two days later, he died. He died. And again, I took a while to tell people about it because it's one of those things where I don't know if you're supposed to tell people that it's happening Maybe this is not necessarily a Gen Z thing, but this is just a me thing. I don't want people to, like, I mean, I guess I don't know if I want people to feel sorry for me. Like, it's something that happens. It's something that's a part of life, you know? But is that, like, proper etiquette to tell your friends that someone that you loved isn't alive anymore? Because of something that you can't control and the fact that you couldn't say goodbye and you couldn't be around them and you can't even hug people because you don't know if you have this pandemic illness that's going on right now. Because you don't. You don't know. 
I think that was the worst part. I'm a very, like, I, I really just want a hug when I feel sad, and I couldn't really even get that. I couldn't hug my grandmother as we were burying him. We actually left before because she didn't want to watch, and I'm listening to this priest saying that, yeah, he prayed for us or whatever, but it doesn't change the fact that I didn't get to say goodbye, and I think it's just what I'm still sort of going through, is like these sadness feelings alternate between feelings of anger and what has been taken away from me in this time period. I'm home. You can hear all the background noise. I just thought I'd address that. And this is just sort of where I'm at. Like, there, I didn't even get a chance to be bored like all of my friends were because of what was going on. I was still taking online classes. I was showing up. I only missed one class this entire year. And it was to go to his funeral because I don't skip class for any reason. Why? I wish I could tell you. I think I'm a weird goody two-shoes person. However, that's what's happened. And I think this is also just a time where I, I think I'm allowed to miss him and I'm allowed to feel sad and angry and no one can tell me otherwise, which is just so... I guess appreciated at a time like this because so many people are going through the exact same things and they're talking about it very adamantly, especially on social media, which honestly I think we all need a break from because nothing good is happening ever. And I think this is also sort of a time where you definitely realize who your true friends are. Um, like there's this one friend that I have where I talked to him the second I found out he was going to the hospital. He checked in on me every single day. He wrote my family this card and gave out his phone number and email to my family if they needed to talk. Um, he respected the fact that I didn't want to tell the rest of our friend group. Well, I don't, I just didn't talk, tell them about it, but he wanted me to be the one to tell them when I was ready, which that's how you know who a true friend is, really. Someone who will do something like that for you. And just this week, uh, my grandfather died two weeks ago yesterday, so 15 days ago. I was sent a package in the mail, and it was from the rest of my friend group. And it's this candle with um, a saying that, I will probably remember for the rest of my life, and it's, there are some who bring a light so great to the world that even after they have gone, the light remains, and it's not a saying that I ever knew existed, but it's something that I will always remember, and I will keep this candle for a very, very long time, and even once it is all burned, I will definitely be keeping the jar, and I kept the note that was on the box, because, like, that's really who true friends are, and 
I don't even know if I'm talking about the grieving process right now, but I sort of wanted to get this story out there to my like very small population of listeners just so I could say that um, you guys aren't alone in this whole situation. It's affected me personally, and I am feeling all of the emotions, and I have lost someone very close to me because of it. So if you are not following social distancing practices, please, because this sucks, and I feel like sometimes we're also taught to, like, go through things a certain way, and I feel like talking about my experience, like, that's definitely not everyone's experience with mourning, obviously. Um, This was my first, like, mourning experience, I guess. It sounds really morbid saying it, but, um, yeah, so it was just how I went through everything and the fact that I'm still sort of going through things, and I just sort of try to go through it by keeping things as normal as possible, and hopefully I can eventually do an episode on motivation during quarantine, because I can definitely feel the fact that I'm being at home. There are a lot of distractions here, and that's something that you sort of just have to get past, because everyone is in this position, and yeah, you're not where you used to be, but you sort of have to get that productivity mindset, and I feel like if your professors are not understanding right now, they should be, and I would always encourage talking to them about it, because all of mine have been super understanding about everything, and I would just try to get things done to the best of your ability, and if something like this does happen to you, please tell them in case they see, like, a lack in your work ethic or something. Not that that's, like, not that that should be your top priority. Obviously, your health and the health of your family should always be your top priority. That is just something that, like, I wanted to get out there to sort of how I'm going through everything. Sometimes you go through those days where I'm bored and I feel normal, just like everyone else, and then there are days where I just think about what I would have been doing if I was on campus right now or um or literally what I would be doing here if this whole I'm stuck at home thing wasn't a thing because this is probably going to go on for a really long time my university is although optimistic we will return in the fall they are uncertain and they are in the process of planning out multiple situations in case this online class thing continues, but I want to get it out to my listeners that you are all so, so strong, and I promise I'm going to be fine. I want you all to be just as fine as I am, and I will see you in the next episode. Hopefully there will be more. (laughs) 